Hey listeners, it's Allie. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let y'all know that I am going back to my roots. I'm creating a new live comedy show. It's going to be a dating show called Love Isn't Blind. And the premise is that we're going to have five men compete for one lucky lady with the little caveat that the men can't speak. Because men should be seen but not heard, am I right? I'm kidding. Anyway, um, so we're going to get to know them. It's going to be elimination style, but they might have to do things like show us a talent, write a haiku, and I really, really, really want to call up their mothers and interview their mothers. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I've had a ton of women apply, and for some reason, I've scared off all the men. I can't imagine why. It's just like my own dating life. And then I was thinking, you know what? Long-time listeners know that I'm not actually interested in making anyone look or feel badly. I'm much more interested in having fun with the scenarios and the circumstances and the absurdity. So if you are a single, charismatic man who lives in Los Angeles, or if you know one, pass it along, loveisntblind.co. I apologize for the heteronormativity of this first iteration. I would love to repeat the concept. Uh, Different spinoffs every month with different demographics, ages, sexualities. So please check it out, loveisntblind.co. The first one is going to be September 29th here in L.A. So even if you have no interest in being a contestant, I hope that you'll come check it out and say hi. Thanks so much, and let's get into today's episode. Attention Kmart shoppers, you're listening to Two Girls, One Podcast. It's just like a 1990s in-store public address system. But it's inside your ears with fewer sales and more viral TikTok dances about Minions movies. And now here are your hosts who have never missed a single blue light special since 1996, Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. What's up, boogers and butts? It's me, Lindsay. And it's me, Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Lindsay, tell us you work with children without telling us you work with children. (laughs) I love to call people boogers and butts. I think that's kind of on brand today because we're taking it back. Yeah, Mm. we're taking it back to a more innocent time where people thought that being called a booger was an insult, whereas I think it's truly a term of endearment. But we are going all the way back to 1992, when I was only single digits of age. That's how young I am. We're looking at Kmart, y'all. We're looking at Kmart. We should release this on a Thursday, because it's a total throwback Thursday episode. Important question. Does anyone in your feed still do throwback Thursday explicitly? Like, is that still a thing in your world? I feel okay, like sometimes good. people like do a hashtag TBT, but it's just like thrown in at the end. It's not like throwback <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday, you know. But remember when every Thursday you were uh, legally obligated to post a baby photo of yourself? I mean, right? I never did. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a rebel. You can't tell me what to do. This will mm-hmm. be a little late by the time it comes out, but I am participating in a comedy show tonight called Roast Yourself, and I will be roasting a photo of myself. From about 1992. I will be happy. That's being mean to children. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm the child, so it's okay. Um, I will put that photo in the Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Excellent. You guys remember the website, Awkward Family Photos? It could go there. Yes. So, yeah. So, today we're looking at Kmart, but not really, not like Kmart, but this phenomenon. It's kind of wild. It's kind of perfect for our podcast, but VR chat, if you've been, people recreate worlds and for some reason people created an entire virtual Kmart and you can go work in the store and I'm confused shop in the store but it's like working cash registers yeah it's kind of blowing up which is confusing I read about it in a newsletter I don't want to promote the newsletter because I think this newsletter doesn't fact check and is kind of bro but I found it there. <laughs> New York Times. I hope you're listening. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, I think it's fun that there are people who are so gung-ho about particularly old school Kmart. <laughs> I wonder why Kmart was the one that people globbed onto. And I feel like people are hanging out here at VR Kmart like people used to hang out at the literal mall. Like they just go Mm, Mm -hmm. and are wandering around virtual reality, running into people, making friends, having like fun old school food. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It seems like what you would do at the mall in the 90s. Yeah. Not that I went to the mall in the 90s because my parents are overprotective. Uh, That explains so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you need to get in. You need to strap on the headset and get in there to uh, have the childhood you never had. Truly. I mean, what I had was great. Mm. I had like kind of a 1950s. What I I think that white people had in the 50s, I had as the child of black yuppies in the 80s and 90s. That's really funny. You know? Good. I love that for you. Just a lot of kids that looked like me whose parents were able to buy them a new bike every year. (laughs) It's crazy. Sweet. We're just outside until the streetlights came on. Uh, But you can't go to the mall alone. If you told me some nerds (laughs) created... Mos Eisley's cantina in VR chat, I'd be like, of course they did. That's what you do on the internet. But here we're talking about a Kmart from 1992, (laughs) very specifically. There's a fandom happening here that is special. Apparently, like, they know if things are anachronistic and they, Mm. they're not like, no, you can't do that. But they're like, come on now, you know, this isn't in the time period. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love it. It's time for me to try VR chat. It's time for me to try. And I texted a friend who has the headset and all that. And she said, I can come over and try it. So I think I'm gonna. (gasps) And uh, maybe I'll go visit Kmart. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I gotta see. I must know some nerds that got a VR headset. I know I do. Uh, Ali, you've done VR in the past, but do you, but you don't necessarily own a headset, and we co- we've covered it. Yeah. But like, how much VR have y'all done? I've done some stuff on Oculus, mm-hmm. and it yeah. blew my mind. But I mostly did storytelling, immersive worlds kind of thing. I have not done anything where you can just interact with strangers. So mm-hmm. pretty excited mm-hmm. for my mind to be blown. To be honest, six or seven years ago, I got to try out Oculus before it was like widely released or whatever Mm -hmm. at the Facebook headquarters uh, before it was meta. And it was really cool. And I was super into it. And I dated a brain game scientist who had like access to the headsets that get you into VR. And I used to make him set me up so I could play games while he was working. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And we would go to his like 
brain game scientist headquarters or whatever. <laughs> you're painting a picture of like a very smart programmer going like, mm, let me work. And then you're just in the background of the scene being like, whoa, dude. Whoa. Oh, look at that All right, flower. You became like a mega stoner in Matt's version yeah. of this. Whereas... In Matt's version, I'm just high and he's like saving the world. That's not the case. Yeah. I, he's, he's also in a different room and I'm just like in the, in the play like the playroom. <laughs> but then the script in the, in the made-for-TV movie that I'm writing, we have yes. to bring you together for comedic effect, just that way. I love it. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just seeing like I'm excited high. Lindsay, <laughs> not not like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was always worried about me because I would get too involved in it and I would like try to lean on a table and fall over. And he's like, mm. what are you doing? And I was like, there was a table. <laughs> he's like, it's not real. And I was like, I know that now. <laughs> yeah. But it would be very funny. So he'd be oh, like, did either of you get sick when, when having no. VR experiences? Okay. Because I, I, there are some statistics that it's, it's harder for women to uh, stay in there for for very long women specifically that there is some if you break it out statistically like women have a tougher time huh. doing vr for three four hours at a time i don't know why to be fair i've never tried to do it for three or four hours at a time yeah i think no i've never done that length of time there are some people regardless of gender who are like oh god i i can't i can't do this at all yeah. this is not for me yeah don't get away yeah. from me i think i did it for a good 30 minutes tops and i felt fine that's fine <laughs> yeah yeah i don't any desire to hang out there for three to four hours <laughs> there's very little that i would do for three or four hours straight it's gonna be yeah. funny <laughs> to be in my friend's apartment talking to strangers that she cannot see yeah totally. <laughs> just, just hearing one side of like really bizarre conversations yep. <laughs> properly yep. warn yeah. her. yes i would like to buy that catnip for myself <laughs> i'm sorry what um, it's gonna be yeah, way I'm a crazier tiger. than that i, I want to talk to people from all over the world it just is wild to me that that's possible that you can go hang out with them in this virtual space and do that right we live in the future and it is wild the future is wild hey you know what hard pivot there's been a lot of good news lately and i feel like we should have a moment of celebration everybody applaud Woo! Woo! all right longtime listeners will be happy to know the best good news that has happened is that my foot, my pinky toe that was sprained is now <laughs> at like 98% healed. So nice. thank you for all your we well wishes. We did it, America. <laughs> um, but I think Allie's talking about more globally impactful news. <laughs> Both are equally valid. Yeah. All right. Is it time for I some Kmart trivia? Oh, it sure is. Uh, you know, uh, if you were born in uh, or before the 1990s, then you probably remember more than 2,400 Kmart stores dotting the landscape at the peak of the Kmart empire. The soft Muzak playing in the background and the special deals that were being announced. Attention, Kmart shoppers. The best to you from Kmart Radio. KMRT. Summer savings are sizzling in our ladies' and girls' departments. In the ladies' department, take a look at our great selection of new transitional sportswear. Summertime fun starts at Kmart. If you're a camper, we have Coleman tents, sleeping bags, coolers, lanterns. Take advantage of the free Go Camping America guide in the sporting goods department. Those are real clips from June. I can't believe you didn't punk us with Trader Joe's. That, oh, yeah, I should have, I should have. That woman sounds like me. That sounds okay. like my commercial voice when really? I do commercial voiceovers, yeah. Great. I mean, maybe 
It maybe wasn't I synthesized. Maybe I synthesized the voice. No. <laughs> Real clips from June 1992, courtesy of Mark Davis, who was a Kmart employee who literally plucked the cassette tapes that would play in the stores. They would just throw them away because we're like, okay, it's it's no longer June. We're moving on to July. Throw them away and get the huh. next tapes. He plucked them out of the garbage and then eventually uploaded them to the Internet Archive so that we will forever remember how Kmart sounded uh, in the 80s and 90s. Incredible. That's not today's trivia. Just a fun fact that Matt wanted to share. I love that. Kmart had the big box retail space locked down. Like you could not be Kmart in the 80s and 90s, but they also dabbled in some innovative products way outside their typical wheelhouse. What did Kmart offer US customers in 1999 that was way ahead of its time but ultimately failed. I have three choices for you. One of them is a real offering from Kmart. The other two I made up. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, wow. Was it A, Blue Light Internet Service, a dial-up internet service provider owned and operated by Kmart that was initially free, but with pop-up advertisements and then later became a paid service that was half the cost of AOL and a big selling point was no banner ads, no pop-ups, which were like, Apparently, and I don't don't really remember this, a very common nuisance. You'd pay for your internet and the internet service provider would still push advertisements in your face while you're browsing the web. Despite being very competitive on price and service with about 165,000 customers, it could not compete with dominant ISPs like AOL, Earthlink, and AT&T. A Kmart internet service provider. That is choice A. Wow. Feels that's great. Logical. Go on. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Is it choice B, Gold Star Valet, a premium shopping experience where you could call an automated phone service, enter product codes from the catalog, then enter your zip code, then drive to the local store where an employee would be waiting to load your products into the car and take your payment at a special pickup station. Essentially, this was like a really clunky precursor to curbside pickup, which we know and love today, but the service was short-lived because it was expensive and customers preferred to browse in the store. Gold Star Valet, that is choice B. These are very good, Matt. Thank you very much. (laughs) Or is it C, K-Play, an entire section of the store devoted to arcade machines, pinball, carnival games like skee-ball, and the latest home video consoles, uh, video game consoles, rather. Kids could play games for free, no quarters, no tickets required, while their parents were shopping, which would then keep the families in the store longer and interacting with, like, exciting new expensive products like video game systems, and the kids would beg their parents for it later. The program was piloted in their flagship stores in Michigan, but it did not lead to enough big purchases and it cost way too much to maintain the arcades so they shut it down shortly after that's k play choice c which is real and which did i make up wow they're all incredible those are great well i don't think they're great matt because i was expecting some crazy shit and all of those are just logical none of those are like what's wrong with matt's head which are my favorites and i will be pitching them all to uh, walmart after we're done here thank, thank you very much <laughs> I'm going to go with K-Play. Lindsay chooses C. C, mm-hmm. K-Play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with B. Okay, Ali goes with Gold Star Valet. Remember, you're looking for the real thing. So yeah. everyone thinks that the uh, blue light internet service is bullshit. Ugh, I it guess. Was, it was very good. I don't know. 
I, 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 they could all have been real. You better see if Walmart's on it. Yeah, there's no D or E. One of these is is the real answer. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allie goes with B. Gold Star Valet. Lindsay goes with C. K. Play Arcades. We will mm-hmm. find out which of these was real in 1999 Kmart after these important messages. Attention, 2G1P listeners. Allie and I would like to thank the following Patreon customers for subscribing at the $10 or more level. Please give a warm thank you to Wesley Cordell, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William, Jessica Kybell, Ken M., and Kelsey Murray. Without all of you, this beautiful store would just go bust. So thank you for your continued support. If you too would like to hear your name announced over the store loudspeaker, please go to patreon.com slash 2G1P and donate at the $10 or more level. Thank you very much. And now a real advertisement entitled Nintendo Switch $200 in Harker Heights. From the website where I get all of my video games, Craigslist.org. I am selling my son's Switch. I made him a deal to quit pooping in the shower. Apparently he cannot do that and thinks it's funny when I step on his steamers in the morning. So the switch is going. It all works and will demonstrate upon arrival. Comes with Animal Crossing, Mega Man X, Super Smash Brothers, Breathe of the Wild, It's not the light, it's the full-sized one. I know I'm taking a loss with the money I spent on this darn thing, but stepping on a cornback rattler in the shower each morning is really upsetting me and gross. Cash only, no trades, please. Yeah, I agree with her. That's gross. I kind of love the words that people make up for other things like generally like like gross things like i like that genitals have fifteen thousand terms for them and also (laughs) i had never heard cornback rattler before had you (laughs) you yeah i mean i guess i really didn't need to ever hear it but i also (laughs) i like it i like it you're glad to know about it yeah there's a part of me that's pleased you know it's descriptive. It's a great deal for a Switch. Two hundred bucks for a Switch and five games. I, I might, I might take her up on it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much Switches cost. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> she should raise her price, though. I mean, she could get rid of it and make some cash back. You know, she don't yeah. know. She sounds like she's well off. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she can take the loss. Her her son probably left two Switches on her airplanes. Son seems like a piece of shit. <laughs> but a bang. Yeah. Hey. hey. Twist, the son is 40 years old. What? Oh, I wonder if he's single. <laughs> JK. Actually, he has a girlfriend and she also lives in the house with his oh, mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. <laughs> All right, Matt, tell us the answers. Kmart in uh, the 90s, 1999. You know, they're selling uh, camping gear and clothes and uh, discounts on school supplies and all that stuff. And they also sold a blue light internet service with no pop-ups, no ads. Nobody chose that one. Was it B, Gold Star Valet, a very crude version of curbside pickup in 99? Or was it 
see K-Play, basically a, a, a video arcade in the store for kids to uh, to mess around while m- mom and dad shopped. Uh, Allie chose B, Gold Star. Lindsay chooses K-Play. Mm-hmm. Are we sticking? Are we staying put? Sure. Yeah, we, we're going to sit where we are. The answer is the real product, the real product that Kmart offered U.S. customers in 1999 was Blue Light Internet <laughs> Service. <laughs> Wow. Half the price of AOL, no advertisements. It had everything going for it. They even added a lot of like numbers because, like, you know, you, you guys probably know you had to choose a number for your ISP and dial in. And if that was busy, maybe you had to dial a different number. And so they expanded their numbers. They expanded their service, good speeds, wow. uh, no ads and many satisfied customers. And they just could not compete with the big dogs of the Dang. ISP world. That Initial instinct, and I wish I'd stuck with it for the big bucks, you know? Yeah, because yeah, yep. it, w- it was very, the details were a lot, but you have been tricking us with very detailed things recently. So I was like, yep. not going to go for it. <laughs> but that <laughs> just means I'm very bad at reading Matt's mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was appropriate for, for today's episode, a, a Kmart yeah. internet provider and now here totally. we are we're recreating kmart stores on the on internet, the internet. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, beautiful full circle, boom everyone. explosion <laughs> all right well i think it's time to learn all about vr kmart okay listeners it's time to welcome our guest they're the chief communications officer for vr chat kmart Everyone, please welcome Carbon Blossom. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Could you tell us what the Chief Communications Officer for VRChat Kmart actually does? Well, my role kind of encompasses a few different job functions. Of course, I'm in charge of things like marketing, uh, interpersonal communications, the brand management. Uh, Those those are some of my primary roles. I am also the... uh, executive in charge of development. So any of the maps that you see in the game, I am the project manager for. Wow. Can you tell us a bit more about the founding of this virtual Kmart? The the group was started a, f- a few years back by a user named Eric Cerno. Uh, we call him Eric. He was a real life Kmart employee at the time. And this was right around the time while the store started closing. And he just decided that, hey, we can help at Levon by, by doing this. The main store... The one that's set in the 90s is a replication of the big Kmart model that a lot of locations had. I would say our average ratio of realism to fantasy is about 80-20. We go from, we'll spend hours pulling pictures from the time period to make sure things are accurate, changing textures if we get a, a better one, making sure everything from the sizing of the floor tiles is correct to... The, the size of, of the vents in the ceiling. It's we, we painstakingly go through all that. Now, the most popular map right now, the Super Kmart Center, is roughly, I, I could be wrong, but about 60% fantasy, only because nothing exactly like the configuration that we have in the game existed. So essentially what we wanted to do was bridge the gap between what Kmart was like in real life and what we can do with technology in the game without breaking the immersion of the time period because we started to discover new technologies that we could implement in the game that wouldn't have fit in 1992. So we're like, well, we can kind of turn this into the sandbox. So that's the one that most people have seen with the fully working cash registers, et cetera, on a lot of the media that's been published. It is Quest compatible as well as PC compatible. So anyone can come visit. 
everything is painstaking whenever it comes to development. It's essentially all about how to give a visitor the best immersion possible. Amazing. Okay, how did you start messing around with VR chat? <laughs> uh, the way a lot of people started. So in the middle of the pandemic, when everyone was locked down, you know, the, the concept of interacting with another human being was just the sketchiest thing in the world for the first few months of, of 2020. <laughs> so I did what any normal gamer does. I think it's still sketchy interacting with humans. You know? I was going to say, in general, forget the pandemic. Yeah. If this pandemic taught me anything, it's that I can solely you know, subsist off of apps from restaurants to order food and not make eye contact. <laughs> so it's been very empowering for us introverts. Oh, man. As an extrovert, I got another take, but we'll, we'll leave yeah. that for another time. <laughs> these, these two extroverts were like, wow, she just described my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's the pandemic and you're like, let's check this out. Yeah. I uh, you know, go on to Twitch and I see some streamers playing this new game. You know, I'm a little bit old school. I like my RPG. So I kind of branched out a little bit and saw these VR chat streamers and I was like, wait a minute. So this is a thing. I can try to talk to other people, but leave a social situation without being rude. Just be like, yeah, I'm going to get going. Cool. But like, I don't have to worry about the social construct of a, a conversation being an introvert. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? This is a nice, safe way to interact. I can take it in doses. So let's go for it. And you know, I got the headset and I just kind of casually started playing on the Quest 2 and then amped up to playing PC VR, the extra engine of the computer behind it. So, so you can go more places in the game. And I found myself just kind of socializing casually with people. You know, it's the, this new fish in this big pond. And it can be overwhelming at first. But of course, what my millennial nostalgic brain saw a Kmart. And uh, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like you, you, anything that can happen in the world, anything that can be created, you can be an astronaut, you, you can be an animal, you, you can go into these laser show Pink Floyd fever dreams. But there's a Kmart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds way more exciting. Like, what's the deal with the Kmart? So I found the Kmart like a lot of other people in our group found the Kmart. I go in and instantly taken back to being like five years old, you know, going Christmas shopping and stopping at the, the cafe and getting a soft pretzel and an icy. Yeah, those, those memories start flooding back. And I started to find myself just kind of quietly hanging out. I wouldn't talk. I would just kind of exist in the space and listen to the music and just, you know, it's the best out-of-body experience to go back in time. Like, you can go anywhere in this game, but to use it as a time machine as well, like, that, it was pretty much unheard of. No one had thought to do it. So I slowly started to interact with people as I got the, the gumption to, to speak. And I found myself applying for a job at this Kmart in the electronics section. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's amazing. What does it take to apply for a job in a VR chat world? For the server, we do have a uh, application process. So it's a Google Doc that you fill out. And essentially, the entire point of it is to just make sure you can follow basic directions. There, there's nothing trying on it. You don't have to, to put you know, your work experience or anything like that, or even your motivation for joining, really. Essentially, they just want to make sure that you know, top from bottom, that you can just follow basic one, two, three. Like the question that most people get wrong on, on this application, now that I'm one of the people that helps file the applications, is um, <laughs> today's date. Oh, what? oh yeah. Um, you get some people that think it's a trick question. And because the 
primary stores set in the year 1992, like back during Kmart's heyday. So they'll put mm. like today's date in the 1992, like they overthink it. Interesting. Yeah. Or you get people that put their their own birth date in there. <laughs> mm, I feel like that's an autopilot situation. I'm sure I've done that one. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And so like we give them three chances to fix it. We'll just be like, hey, can you reread that? Essentially, it's just like, how well can you follow directions? And that's the only qualification. Can you read? Can you follow directions? Can you spell your own name? Uh-huh. Sounds like my qualifications for dating me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a very low bar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how it, it starts is just with the application. And uh, the next step, you get interviewed. Okay. And what was that process like? Also, what do you look like in VR? And what did your interviewer look like? Like, were you being interviewed by a cat? Please say yes. I, I describe VR chat as a canvas. It is what you make of it. You can go in, you can be an anime girl, you can be a cat person, you can be a robot. We have people that walk around as toasters. I was once <laughs> interviewed by someone who uh, was a wine bottle. Uh, it, it's, mm. You can be whatever you want. And like, I'm, I'm a cat girl. That's just kind of the default I went to. I'm kind of quiet. I keep to myself. Oh, great. And I'm very nondescript for the most part when it comes to how people express themselves in the game. I, I like to kind of be the wallflower in a lot of situations. I'd just be observant. I don't draw attention to myself. Then you get the people that show up with like a Technicolor plague doctor that drops Shrek emotes every two steps. Like it's <laughs> the, the types of things that you will see is very, very uh, widespread. It's, it's a huge spectrum mm -hmm. uh, of the types of things that you can see in that game. So there are times that I can be this, the, the, the cackerel interviewing or training someone that expresses themselves in this game entirely in the form of a gecko that spits slices of toast. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And like, if you've ever lived in like a downtown area, like you get used to seeing some stuff and not flinching. Mm -hmm. So like, it just, you just kind of accept it. And as long as someone's not disruptive of other people, like it, it's cool. It's interesting to see how people choose to express themselves when they, the options are almost limitless because that's kind of really when you see people's truest form in a way. Mm -hmm. You'll get people that use it to express their gender identity in ways that they've never expressed it before. You see people try to create an ideal version of themselves. And the flip side of that is you get to see people that are something that you would normally consider more interesting during the day. And then they're just very nondescript at night. I, I often joke that a lot of players in VR chat get these really edgy e-girl avatars that are just covered in tattoos and their eyes glow. And then in real life, they're a, a 14 year old middle schooler. And then there's me, I become a cat girl, but you know, in real life I'm heavily tattooed. Oh, I like that. You're the opposite. Yeah. I'm the opposite. <laughs> like, I become, I become very sweet and docile in the game because it's more welcoming to people. It helps fit my role that I play in our community. And it's really interesting to see what people make of it. And, and I think that's why VR chat blew up as big as it did. Carbon, could you tell us your pronouns and maybe how that plays into when people are playing the game? Sure. Um, she, her. Um, I do appreciate you asking. That is one thing that we kind of take very seriously in the community. You'll get people that you'll know them for a year. And then through a year of being in this character that they play, they finally get a point of comfort within themselves that they go to someone they can trust and they can be like, by the way, I'm she, her mm -hmm. or, mm. or she, them. Just to see that type of personal development is probably one of the best parts of the entire thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, in regards to the, the interviews, 
The next step in the process, you get a one-on-one interview with, with someone in our human resources department. Uh, human resources tends to be comprised of some older, more experienced members of the server to complete what we kind of call a vibe check, essentially to make sure that you're coming in with honest intentions. You know, even if you don't want to role play an associate hardcore, you still are going to come in and just try to be a good member of the community and not just troll. Because a lot of times with communities that get as big as ours have you know, if people have nothing better to do, kind of see it as a sitting duck kind of situation where they can say, oh, you know what, I'm going to cause chaos today in the worst way possible and come in and mess with people. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest pitfalls when it comes to having a community this big. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to take the opportunity to use it the way that they deem appropriate. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. What are the best, what are the biggest pluses of having a community this size? who is into this particular realm of nostalgia? I would say one of the biggest pluses of having a community this size in general is, and it might be a selfish answer, to be able to meet people from all walks of life, uh, different parts of the world. We have people in this community from Japan, Italy, Europe, and of course all different time zones, you know, to to sue all of the night owls. Pretty much any time of day that you, you come on, you'll be able to find someone to talk to. The fact that you get to learn so much about other people's experiences and walks of life, especially when we live in such a tumultuous time period of American history or, oh, yeah. you know, human history in, in general, just seeing the way that, you know, the world has changed and how it's affected people that you maybe never even fathomed. I love hearing people's stories and, and kind of learning about where they come from because, you know, that there's no way that you can come out of some of those interactions and not be a better person. So last November, we had about 1,200 people in our community. And if I check right now, so we have now blown up to 3,520. Wow. Wow. So just in, in less than a year, we've, we've more than doubled in size. And there's a lot of growing pains with that. So you do get the people that come in for less than genuine reasons. You get people that just come in because they don't play VR chat. But we have channels that are dedicated to real-life Kmarts, like share your memories, share your pictures, your local Kmart that closed, what did it become? Like, show us what it became. Um, right now, the, <laughs> by the way, the, the winning on that is if they, a lot of them became U-Hauls, storage stations, um, like the storage location. <laughs> Whoa, weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's essentially just a, a place to come and appreciate something as seemingly innocent as a retailer that peaked in the 90s. <laughs> I have a dumb question. Was Kmart in all of those countries? No. And that is one of the most interesting things. So either be it because of generational differences, if because we have people that, and I hate saying this because it just saying it makes my back hurt even more. <laughs> um, we have people in our community that never experienced a Kmart in real life, be it because they were born after their local store closed they're from a part of the world that never had one. So their first exposure to the good old Midwest retail experience is us. And we kind of become that benchmark for them that they can associate with this brand based entirely on what they experience in this game. But it makes my back hurt to even say that because like I came from middle of nowhere where we didn't even get a Walmart until the late 2000s. You went to Kmart, like Kmart was your store. It was the only place in the area where you could get a winter coat. Like it's, that's the association it has for me. And so you would get people from Belgium and Japan 
and Italy. And we do our best to kind of meet in the middle. We try to do research a little bit to see like what they have in their area that we can kind of compare it to just to give them context for what it's supposed to be. But probably the the coolest part of having such a diverse group is seeing what they would consider Kmart to be, how they would interpret it, and actively including that in our development. We have a few projects that are coming up that essentially are based off of patchworks we put together of individual experiences from people in the community from around the world. We, we have a few more projects that are waiting to come out right now. We have two stores in the game that are live and we are, uh, we're looking at potentially doubling our footprint right now based off all these projects that we have going on behind the scenes. Now this sudden jump in fame has kind of slowed everything down a little bit just because, uh, we kind of went from being a small little group to all of a sudden getting interview requests <laughs> and Hey, are you available this day? It's like, and like, I, I start Googling like, when's the next season of the Witcher coming out? Am I going to have time? <laughs> Cause like, that's kind of what my life is. I've hit that point where it's just like, I need to know when shirtless Geralt is scheduled because anytime besides that, I'm good. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just still confused what the appeal is internationally. I, I would be, Remiss if I said that I still don't fully understand it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the way that they find us in the game internationally is VR chat rates these worlds based off of their types of traffic that they get. We tend to end up on the hot board a lot because of the amount of traffic we get. And that gets seen internationally. They can show up and be like, okay, what is what is a Kmart? What is a super Kmart center? And you know, VR chat's a free-to-play game. There's no harm in hitting the button. They hit the button, they show up, and they say, okay, this is pretty cool. And we have the link to our Discord and the maps, so they join the Discord. Once they interact a little bit, for the most part, I'd say roughly 80% of the people that join apply, then they become part of the community. They can come in, they can work a shift if they want to. They can interact with customers. We can help them get a uh, avatar, the, a, an outfit that they can use in the game that kind of looks like a uniform. Stuff like that. It it gives you some sense of structure in this game that is so freeform. And some people crave that sometimes. Uh, especially when you don't have anything else going on in real life, which is why a lot of us ended up coming to this game in the first place. I'm confused though. What, what does it even mean to have a job in this store? Just like any type of retail establishment in real life, you have different departments, you know, HR, security. In our stores, we have electronics apparel, customer service, we have cashiers, we have sporting goods, we have grocery, we uh, in the Super Kmart Center, we have a bakery in Delhi. So just like any large scale supermarket or, you know, full service store, we we have different departments and you can come in, pick which department you think works best for you. It it kind of creates like a little sub community in the bigger community. It gives you something in common. So if you don't know how to interact in, in a larger group setting like me, it kind of gives you something to discuss. You can start kind of by role playing. And like we have people in, in the community that go out and engage in like team building experiences outside of our community just because they found a little niche group of friends in the process. Now, the way the working kind of functions is you can go staff the store as other people from VR chat come through and it gives them an immersive experience in the game. Our big key whenever it comes to development is finding the middle ground between what makes sense in VR chat culture and the historical accuracy of what this store would have looked like. 
So currently we have fully functioning cash registers. You can scan items, they give prices, you can use coupons. And those are completely masterminded by our coders on our development team, which are absolute geniuses. And just to clarify for our listeners, are these essentially like in-store products that you then purchase and you own within VRChat? They simply exist in the map. So what you can do is you can role play it out as horrible as it is. One of the favorite things that we see people do is in VRChat, people tend to form families. Uh, So like you'll get a younger person that ends up under the protection of an older player. Uh, to help keep them safe, stuff like that. You end up with people that say, oh, this is my brother, my sister, this is my kid. And you just kind of form like your little friend group. And the most popular thing that people do is they they tend to come to the map, especially the Super Kmart Center. And if the uh, the kid in the family is acting up, the uh, the father threatens to go to the store to buy milk. What a fascinating <laughs> culture and like social experiment this is. So are you saying like a 12-year-old somewhere out there in the world is hanging out in VR chat and someone in their 30s or 40s comes across this child and then they become friends and it's the kid? Like, is that what you mean? VR chat players are supposed to be 13 and up. That's the the game's terms of service agreement. You're supposed to be 13 and up. That is absolutely not followed. Mm. Absolutely not followed. And unfortunately, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. we, especially with the prevalence of the quest Two being a more affordable headset option, it's easily one of the best selling toys, quote unquote toys last year for Christmas. It, It just has essentially become from our experience, another form of babysitter like the iPad started being five years ago. <laughs> well, these iPad kids now have VR headsets. There have been times that I'll just be not even engaging in any type of VR chat Kmart related function. I'll just be hanging out on my own time. And a kid will come up to you, couldn't be older than seven, and start trying to talk to you. A mm. seven-year-old? Yeah. How are they it's bad. there? I'm so confused. Yeah. Parents set the equipment up. They give it to the kid. Matthew, weigh in here. You have children. What's happening here? My children do not have ac- unfettered access to the internet, but I will share a brief tidbit where I was waiting to pick up my son from kindergarten and a kid down the block was waiting as well. I want to say eight or nine-ish. Mm. And I, and he maybe was wearing a t-shirt or was like, and I was like, Oh, cool. I, you know, you Minecraft. I like Minecraft. What, what video games do you like to play? You know, just like with his, with his dad there, just chit chatting, thinking I would relate to the kid. Cause I like video games. And he's like, yeah, I got a PS five and an Xbox and a switch and an Oculus two and a, and a PC. I'm like, you literally have more gaming systems than I do. And you're on the internet playing video games Constantly. on all of them <laughs> unfettered. And I'm not, and I'm not a like, no screen time, but, but to Carbon's point, children under 13 should not be using the internet whenever they want yeah and also that is the law like they illegally are not allowed to it is the internet and the same type of people that you worry about on normal non-immersive internet are 1000 percent in this game i think we never actually ended up getting to it but so are are these in-game goods that people can buy like what transactions happen and what does it mean so essentially the the role play happens in so it kind of just gives you an interpersonal reaction uh, interaction that you, that you can have with other people uh, so the, the items stay in the store they they despawn or return to their original location when you leave uh, so essentially it's all just encompassed in this world so the one source from 1992 and one store is from the early 2000s so the 1992 store you're going to see things like surge energy drinks 
uh, Super Nintendos, like the era appropriate stuff. <laughs> and you, you can go in there and get the old Apple Cinnamon Cheerios container case of Surge, a uh, Super Nintendo, some new cassette tapes so you can record songs off the radio and get an icy in, in, in the cafe and, and sit and hang out with friends. Great. I, I get the appeal. I'm there. It, it, oh, trust me. It's my first thing every time I go in there is the surge. I have to get the surge. <laughs> Once you you know you leave, it all kind of resets, but it's the amount of time that people spend in that map. People spend hours just in that store just because the, everywhere you look, there's a new Easter egg or you see something that we kind of put in there. You see some context for the lore internally in the community. It's one of the appeals that people have to actually join instead of just visit because they want to know why. Mm -hmm. This is speaking to what you said earlier about it being a time machine, meaning we can all go on the internet and look at a picture of Surge or a screenshot from a Super Nintendo game and say, oh, remember that? That was so cool. The fun, the 90s. But imagine teleporting into a store and looking at the product on a shelf, there's something that that does to your mind that is unique to a VR experience. And I think that's what's blowing people's minds about this place. Yeah, it, it yeah. takes you back to better days when life was less complicated. And the worst thing you had to think about on a given day was which lunch line to get in, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> is this a main course day or am I in the mood for a cheeseburger? Like it's, <laughs> you get to go and just have fun. And at the end of the day, just time travel for a little bit. We, we take a lot of the recreations very seriously. So like we pull, a lot of our stuff is actual images or sales from Kmart at that time. The amount of time we spent on eBay looking for original material is, is insane. <laughs> you know, scanning things, copying, making sure things are period accurate, right down to the music you hear when you walk in the store. The entire first week of, of May, it was, uh, it's, it's going to be me. <laughs> so the entire first week is it's going to be May. And then we, we change it as you go. Um, the maps get updated constantly based off of the season sales week, stuff like that. We're going to be getting ready. We're in the middle of back to school right now. And then we're going to do, for those of you that have worked in retail, we're going to do our planogram change outs soon. And we're going to be getting ready for, for Halloween. Uh, we're going to have all new products in there for, for Halloween in the garden center, Halloween costumes, candy, jack-o'-lanterns, go in and get your pumpkins. And we're going to start doing our fall activities for, for the community. That's one of the things that keeps people coming back is you never know what you're going to walk into because unlike some maps that only get updates when a technology updates or anything like that, it's these maps are constantly in development. You'll be hard pressed to find a single day where something hasn't been updated in the main file and then covertly pushed overnight. As we speak, I know there's two people right now working on this project. It's constantly finding new ways to do things, better ways to do things, um, optimization so that it works on a more diverse set of equipment. Product suggestions. We always take product suggestions. Anything from something that you remember from the early 2000s to, hey, this would be a really cool like pun gift to put in. <laughs> like Right now in the map, we have fish Jenga which is Jenga oh made of fish sticks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our one display bed has a picture of Shrek on it. Like we always take, we always take a little bit of input from the community while trying to stay committed to the, the recreation. So it's fluid. It's, it's a very fluid situation. And of course, always taking input from our associates who come to us with requests for sales, like our uh, 
electronics manager, I believe, came to us at the start of summer, wanted a sale on Polaroid cameras. So he put up a sale on Polaroid cameras, stuff like that. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious that there's a whole economy set up. I, I don't really understand how the economy works. Do you know, Allie? <laughs> how the economy works? No, the, the like VR economy. Like, where do you just put real money in to buy the pretend things? Or do you earn money at your job at Kmart? in the electronics department? Like, how does this work? I mean, I was going to say that I don't know how the economy works, so I certainly don't know how the VR economy works, but yeah. (laughs) It's all simulated, entirely simulated. There's no real-world money that changes hands when it comes to your your time at Kmart. You know, your card will never be declined, but some of the funniest interactions you get are people that choose to role-play it out. People come in with families, a younger member of the community that has become the, the child in that interaction or the less experienced player in the game. If they have, you know, if they act up in the store, guess what? You got to go put the toy back. So they'll get to the cash register and you'll have these interactions of, hey, if you want this, you have to put the candy bar back. Well, I don't want to put the candy, and like just the, these interpersonal interactions that come from the it permanently ingrained in our memory interactions we've had with parents at the cash register. Of, I want my J14 <laughs> magazine. Well, if you want the J14, you can't have the Snickers bar. <laughs> I, I think it's worth pointing out that um, that this, as Carbon saying, this is entirely role play, which is really fun and delightful. But then there are other companies or game developers, and also the metaverseites, the Facebooks of the world, who are looking at this and saying okay, but what if you could pay real money and then you could own that virtual surge on the blockchain and then, and that's where you get into some dicey, complicated corporate bullshit around what this pure, beautiful, you know, community-driven thing is that has been created here versus let's take what is appealing about this and monetize the shit out of it. Yeah. And one thing that I want to point out is being an introvert. I 1000% see the validity of e-commerce making its way into this type of platform, but it has to be done right. It has to be done with respect to the people Mm -hmm. that have been here. You know, these people that have used it as a place of leisure and escape from reality. Some people that just played as a game, like you have to have some type of respect walking into it because this entire subculture essentially of virtual reality users w- was established on the escapism. It was established on these people that looked at a technology and said, we can take it farther. We, we can go somewhere else with it. And a lot of these people never planned on any type of return financially. You know, these people spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on setups sometimes just to immerse themselves into this different reality. And I think as long as these corporations come in with respect, you know, some type of decorum regarding the fact that you're, you're not discovering this thing, it was ours, and you're coming in and entering our space, you're colonizing, for, for lack of a, of, of a better term, you're, you're coming in and colonizing this thing that we've developed. I think there's there's validity to it as long as it's done the right way, 100%. Yeah. We've talked a lot about the efforts to make this super realistic and call back all these nostalgic memories, but it's also VR. So is there anything fantastical that's happened? Constantly. <laughs> There's always something <laughs> that that we can do that wouldn't ordinarily happen in like a, a real Kmart or anything like that. So we had a event one time where another small role play group that 
role plays as the Animaniacs. Naturally. Yes. Uh, came in and destroyed the store. And they took over for, I think it was a two-week period. Whoa. And, like, the oh, the, the music changed. You could see paint splatters everywhere. Like Amazing. They, they came in and, and wreaked havoc. And it was ah. one of the more unique experiences we had because you never knew where one of them was going to pop out behind a, a shelf. I think one of the the recordings on our music system, they started just giving away gift cards and emptying our hypothetical corporate bank account. We always try to do something to keep people engaged. This completely reminds me of Burning Man. Like I could totally see like some weird Kmart like alt replica and like deep in the desert. And then this like uh, Animaniacs thing that pops up. I'm into it. And yeah, and it just kind of goes back to the fact that you never know what to expect in this game. Ever. <laughs> Just like in life. At, at even more so after some of the things we've been through in the last three or so years. And like, you'll just have something happen and your brain just accepts it. Like, this is normal. This is a normal <laughs> progression of events. This is totally acceptable. And, and that's just kind of what, what VR chat brings. You never know if the person that you're in the middle of a conversation with is about to become just like a sentient chair. <laughs> <laughs> and you just learn to be like mid-conversation, be like, oh, that's cool. Where'd you get that? Amazing. Mm-hmm. What if we had Pee Wee's Playhouse in real life? It, that's, that's literally it. That's what we built here. No joke. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit more reserved and I don't really feel like interacting, my favorite avatar that I use is a, a vending machine. <laughs> and not just any vending machine. The early 2000s vending machine for Pepsi that had the uh, episode one Star Wars. <laughs> the My. young Anakin and like Saboba pod racing. Like I'm a Star Wars vending machine. <laughs> Whenever I'm not in the mood to interact with people. Like it, it's, everyone kind of can become who they need to be in that moment. Wow. Including a Star Wars Pepsi branded vending machine. Correct. (laughs) Wow. I love that. As we head out of this virtual space, I was wondering if there's any sort of heartwarming story about friends that you've made at this virtual Kmart and or have you met any of them in real life? I actually have. uh, In the last year and a half, I have met count one, two, three, I think four uh, of our community members in real life, which is always a little bit nerve wracking. You know, we try to keep (laughs) real life separate for multiple reasons but i have met a few of them in real life a lot of them have seen i'm just equally awkward in person i always tell them i'm sorry (laughs) if you feel catfished i uh i don't have cat ears Um, but one of the more heartwarming stories is essentially seeing people come to us finally feeling like they're able to express themselves in terms of like their gender expression or being open about you know, their real life experiences and being willing to reach out to help when otherwise they wouldn't feel able to. Because while the anonymity of the internet can lead to some, you know, some some sketchy things sometimes, it can also lead to a, a very openness. So there have been times people have come to us and said, hey, these are my pronouns, my gender expression. And like, we make sure that everything is done in our power to empower them because there's a lot of people that for whatever reason can't use their gender expression in real life, either because of family, work. Uh, And so they come to us and being a second family, they say, hey, my name, this is my name. These are my pronouns. Okay, cool. And we never question it again. We make sure that people are affirming with them. It's led to some of the tightest friend relationships that I've seen because people can feel like they're actually themselves and be treated by a peer, a coworker, or a total stranger 
as themselves for the first time in their life without having to explain themselves. So that's easily one of one of my favorite things uh, about what this place has kind of become, because we never intended to be as big as we are. Never in a million years, even last fall, if you'd have told me that we'd have had over 3,500 people <laughs> and we'd be getting the attention that we have, we, we were just a little group doing exactly as we do now, just with, with a lot less people. The fact that we might be able to bring more people in that are looking for that type of genuine relationship with other people is very, very heartwarming for me. It's become a family. And I think that's the best way I can describe it. This has gone from being a video game I sometimes hung out with to a, a, a job and a family. I think that's the best thing you can ask for whenever you get your hands into something as muddy as, as the metaverse. <laughs> I, I am personally very happy with how things have turned out for a lot of us. And, you know, after the last few years, I think we all needed that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing your experience and I've never wanted to go and hang out at a Kmart more. Here's the question. You can be anything you want. You can be a toaster oven. You can be an anime girl. You can you be a You can be that vending machine, remember? Right. I'm going to be a bird. What do you, who are you? Oh, bird. No, honestly, I'm probably okay. just going to make me, but like badass. Like my hair will be like purple and spiky. I'm going to have a lot of tats. I'm going to have a neck tat. <laughs> I'm going to be fierce as fucking VR. I'm going to wear a tat. halter, like a, a 1992 halter top and have like a tattoo down the side of my rib cage. You know, that's what I'm going to do. I want you to have a tattoo down your rib cage. I want the Shakespeare quote, though she be but little, she is, she fierce. is fierce. Yeah, I have that framed all over my house. So many people give that to me as a gift and I am not That's what I want. Opposed. That's what I need. That's what I need on your body. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, that was uh, interesting. I, 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 I didn't really understand the appeal or the concept going in, but now I kind of get it. It's almost like creating, actually what Lindsay said at the top, like it's a mall, it's a hangout spot. It's just like a place people can go yeah. talk to strangers. It reminds me of when we were talking about like study streamers, how there were people who just recreated their college libraries in VR when they couldn't go mm. to their college libraries and they just wanted to hang out in the stacks. And you're like, wait, you just made your legit school library a thing? Right. Yeah, the, I think the most surprising part for me was that there are people from all over the world going there. Yeah. I almost felt dumb asking, wait, were these in other countries and Kmarts? And now I'm glad I asked because no, they're not, or they weren't. And and yet people from around the world are now hanging out in this Kmart. But that's two layers of like, I'm from the US and I'm hanging out in Kmart for nostalgia or I'm from Nigeria. I don't even know what a Kmart <laughs> is, but isn't it cool to under to virtually look around and be like, "Whoa, this is what American stores are like." Yeah, I guess it'd be even cooler. Like, I would love to go visit a Japanese store from the '90s. That would be cooler totally, to me yeah. than Kmart. Exactly right. Right. That makes even yeah. more yep. sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Back when America was cool. <laughs> <laughs> was it cool? We just didn't know how bad it was. We just didn't know. But my my friend is visiting from Italy and she's Finnish and I'm 
It's so funny the things that we're trying to explain to her. I'm <laughs> like, sorry, she's she's finished with what? She's finished, but she lives in Italy and she's right, visiting. Right, but she, what, she's finished. He's making. What is she he's making with? a dad joke? God, he's making. Matt, listen, he has two children. We can't blame we him. We get it. You're a dad. Thanks <laughs> for the dad jokes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so my Finnish friend from Finland. We were trying to explain fruit punch to her. Mm. It's very hard to explain what fruit punch is. <laughs> And when we finally got there, she was like, this sounds very American. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like diabetes in a cup? Welcome to Fruit Punch. Yeah. It's like, but oh, I'm sorry. We're, that's there's a drink no with fruit? fruit, but there's no fruit. What are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? Yeah. It's, yeah. And then I was like, it's kind of like Kool-Aid. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, <laughs> wow. And you're like, you know, the man that breaks through the wall, what? He's dressed oh, as a yeah. pitcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. It was Great. very funny. I was like, wow, America really has a stranglehold on on the 90s if you didn't live in america there's a lot of stuff that you just don't know about i'm sure that's true of all countries because and actually something's very relevant to this podcast is there's been such globalization which with the internet but in the 90s we didn't know what the day-to-day life was like other places which right i guess i have some nostalgia for that where you would go places and they would truly be so new you didn't read exhaxively about it online first or visit it in VR, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I think archivism is so important because a dude pulled the tapes out of the trash and now we know uh, humans and aliens a thousand years from now will know what a Kmart sounded like. Thank God for dumpster divers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Carbon said it best, which was... When we think about VR, we think like, I'm going to create this fantastical world. I'm going to be whoever I want to be. Cool, cool, cool. This is using VR as a time machine. Mm -hmm. I can travel back and physically experience roughly in a silly kind of way what this was sort of like. And I've never seen that before in on the internet quite like this. I love it. And as a black woman, the safest way to travel back in time. Although, <laughs> from my current perspective, I do think the 90s was the best time for black ladies. I really do. Okay. Uh, I wish I was in my 20s in the 90s, but I was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Care to expand on? Like, you were able to, like, get a corporate job. And yeah, it was, like, shitty. But, like, you couldn't even do that before. And you had, like, all this buying power. It was the first time that like single black women were like buying homes for themselves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was like how Stella got her groove back was playing. There were all these movies with Whitney Houston and you just had a lot of like badass black lady role models that you could look up to in your 20s and be like, yeah, that's what I'm aiming for. I'm going to have arms like Angela Bassett. And then, (laughs) you know. And now it's like, yikes, we're back in the 50s, baby. (laughs) Um, If you want to hang out with us in Kmart, let us know. (laughs) And we'll get a a crew together. But side note, you can, as Carvin said, you can access VR chat uh, just on your computer. Like you don't need the headset. So you can walk through it. Yeah, that that does sound less fun. (laughs) For sure. Way less fun. But if you need to see it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, if you want to hang out with us in VR chat, the best way to coordinate that is first hopping into our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can also leave us your thoughts, fears, feedback, feelings, whatever on our voicemail. And that number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. You can also email us at 2G1Podcast at gmail.com. Please, 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 please. 
visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. No amount is too small, and it really helps us out. And uh, we're kind of on Facebook, Two Girls, One Podcast. And you can also find us across social media. I'm at Allie underscore Goldie. I am at The Lindsay Life. Lindsay with an E. <laughs> Matt is Matt underscore Silverman. Is that right? You got it. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We did not ask about do people role play as, you know, Karens. quote unquote Karens <laughs> in the store That's and be like funny. irate customers. All right. We'll have to go right? find out or be the Karen. Yeah. yeah. Be the Karen you want to see in the, in the virtual world. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Where you can't do quite as much damage. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford, then downloaded by a sexy anime girl with a tail, I mean produced by Matt Silverman in New York City. This episode was edited by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.